Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Amy Hendrick is the wife of Cal Hendrick and together they own the Kickback Ranch just west of San Angelo. It's a 2,500 acre high fist operation that has about 32 exotic species but they're well known for their phenomenal whitetail hunt. Amy is third-generation Texan on this property. Her daughter and her son are fourth-generation Texans on the property. And so the land essentially is in Amy's blood. And so is hunting. And so this conversation really dives into this idea of high-fenced hunting from an owner-management perspective which brings a completely different side to high fence hunting to the table and allows a conversation to be had around it. So this land that we're on right now, uh-huh. this is your family land? It's my family land. You're, you're from, from Texas, born and raised? Born and raised in Texas. Where in Texas? I was actually born in Dallas, Okay. but not far from here, about 72 miles west is Big Lake, Texas. Okay which is where my parents met in third grade. Wow. <laughs> they both moved around a little bit, but ended up back in Big Lake. Got married 
in Mexico their senior year in high school. Came really? back, came back, lived at home, didn't Jeez. tell anybody they were married because they were both on all state teams. Okay. And you couldn't be married, UIL rules then. Hmm. Um, so, Interesting. got married, left, went to Austin, had a brother. My oldest brother was born in Austin. Okay. My dad left college a junior to go to medical school and moved to Dallas, go to medical school. Did that. My grandfather, his dad, was a rancher in Big Lake. Okay. And he was one of the first guys to bring sheep to West Texas. So that's what he was. He was a sheep farmer. That's why sheep, this yeah. land was sheep land. Sheep land. Big Lake, even more so than here. Okay. Um, which is where... Did he have... Maybe this is a loaded question, yeah. but did he have an ethos for the land, or was it just like it was something to be used to grow sheep and and no, sell he had sheep? he had an ethos. That was that's a good term for that because he, um, I mean, first he investigated bringing sheep. Right. You know, there was there was obviously oil. Big Lakes were one of the first big Texas um, oil. Um, Derek's was was mm-hmm. um, drilled. So he had that, um, not on his land at the time, but eventually there was oil out there. But but he did. He he studied. He was a great thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then and and he had cattle. But bringing the sheep out and traveling all he traveled all over the world. Was he a hunter? Um, hunted birds. Okay, upland birds. Um, quail. I mean, okay. pretty much quail. It's an upland and bird. Yeah. But for out here, I mean, that's all we have. Yeah, We're not sure. talking pheasant or anything sure. else. So, um, and so my love for the land came from him. Okay. Uh, Did he raise you a hunter? Um, no. So no, you didn't? Nobody. In, no, my mother is probably the only true hunter in our family. Your mother hunted more than your dad? Oh, absolutely. Really? My dad, my dad grew up in a cowboy family, Kay. you know, sheep, cattle. Um, and he, he was ready to get away. He did not want to be a cowboy. He had a brother that was a cowboy. He had... Um, so the purpose of the land that we're sitting on is as my dad went to medical school, he went off to Vietnam, he came back and he chose to come back to this area. Okay. And my grandfather purchased this land. Um, I think knowing my dad maybe better than my dad knew himself, mm-hmm. knowing that my dad would appreciate it for okay. the land, yeah, for, the, yeah. for the peace, for the place to go. Okay. So that's what this was. This was, my family refers to it as the place. Yeah, that that's what Carl was saying, the yeah, place. The place. Yeah. It's always been the place. Um, and this cabin we're sitting by was a... 1800, yeah, 1880. Yeah, yeah. Rock cabin that had nothing. And nobody ever came out here. I mean, um, I had a horse at the front. I never came to this part of the property. Mm. Um, so it so was this property was wasn't a place that you came to, to hunt? No. My brothers and a few of their friends would come out and dawdle you know as as boys do um i had a horse out here Mm -hmm. nobody hunted this property until cal and i met so when did you did your mom take you hunting as a kid or you just just didn't hunt until you hunted with cal i didn't really i mean i had a few friends that i would i would hunt we would go out with my granddad and he'd hunt birds but i didn't really shoot okay um as i got into middle school high school i had a few friends who would hunt so we went no, sadly, one of my first hunting experiences was a, a dove hunt, and my friend. Why sadly? Well, because my friend's grandfather got shot. Oh um, shit! Yes, okay. Yeah, sadly. so so it was not. I mean, he he. I mean, he mm-hmm. damaged his eye, but it wasn't mm-hmm. lethal or anything. I mean, but well, let me ask this then: if uh-huh. you if you were a non-hunter, dare I say you're a non-hunter, 
Did you have a perception of what who hunters were, what hunting was? Um, probably a perception, but not not a real feel, not a negative or a positive just perception. A it just it's part of the life. It is it, what it was. It's part of life out here. It is what you it know, is. Yeah, all the guys that that I grew up with, you know, would go hunt, um, and and so but but no, not a whole lot. Like I said, my mother and her father would would hunt, but they like to come look a lot more than ever shoot. I mean, they would say they were hunting, and they always had seen this huge deer. But we never saw this huge deer that they that they both were pretty sure that they saw, and they never shot it. So, mm-hmm. so you know, don't know. So but this idea of this property now being a high <laughs> fence property, how many species do you think you have on it? We have... 32. I Sorry, I actually should have been more specific because that, that kind of question is that probably better to <laughs> Cal. Cal, how many species do you have? Mm, maybe 30. Whilst Amy, I should yeah. have known, yeah. we have 32. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my role in all this. He, he's, he's, like you said, he's 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking big. 32 I've, I've species. Got to keep yep. So, I guess maybe I'm, I'm more interested in understanding this idea. So, why... You know where I'm going. Like, well, why? Why? Yeah. Why the high fence? Why the high why? fence? Why the exotics? Why, why the did I ever marry a hunter that's as no, avid a hunter as We'll just is? leave that question below because <laughs> I want to stay in Cal's good graces yeah. now. No. Um, I mean, I I think, well, it, it, so we, when, when I met Cal and he started coming out here, um, you know, he was, he was very, as, as he is, very meticulous. Mm-hmm. Um, in his thought process. And I probably didn't appreciate that. Um, we talked a little bit earlier, I told you. You know, I learned later to appreciate some of what um, he'd done. But um, he came out here. He set up, you know, what we call his blind. And it, to this day, it's still Cal's blind. Um, but, and he watched. You know, so he was here. I wasn't living here. He was living here for a little bit when Actually, I wasn't Actually, the here. story was that he was out here hunting with your mother. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty and sure. And you were like, "What the hell, Cal?" <laughs> yeah, I we met. We weren't him. even dating yet. We, we weren't. We weren't. We weren't really dating. We just barely met. And so I met. You know, he. Yeah, he came hunting with mother. Um, that's how he got in the good graces. And then, you know, and then my dad. <laughs> Smart man. You know, four years later, whenever we were getting married, my dad's like, "Oh, by the way, I sold the place. You know, at our rehearsal dinner. If you want to back out, you should do it really quick." And, you know, that was kind of the joke. But a, he hadn't sold the place. And do you um, hunt this place? Have I'd you hunted this place? You know, I have. Um, I actually shot my first deer out here two weeks ago. No, you didn't. I did. Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Like I would have expected you to say two years ago. No. I. What was that experience like? Oh, it was awesome. It was, it was awesome it was because you killed an animal? No, it was awesome because I watched this animal. I, I myself found him. I watched him for two or three weeks because we're we're you know, gearing up for the season. I'm out here. I'm driving around. I'm checking on things. I'm doing things. And so I saw him, and I'm like, he's really pretty, and I really like him. And he's old, and he's not going to be around. Um, and so it was. It it really was an experience. It was a moving experience because I hadn't. I mean, in all these years that we've been here. Um, I mean, I've come out, I've gone hunting with Cal. Uh, the first time I came out 
and I thought I was going to shoot a deer. I was a little tense, mm-hmm. and I we we had sat in the blind for a couple of days. We came out and we sat and mm-hmm. um, and he's like, okay, you know, that's I, I did not know. I couldn't judge a deer. I couldn't. Sure, I sure. wouldn't feel uncomfortable. And so I shot, and I said, shoot, I missed. I'm married to Cal Hendrick. He hears the word shoot. You know, I use shoot as an exclamation, as an exclamation instead right. of something else I might have said. Yeah, yeah. He hears shoot as an action item. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, shoot, and he did, right over my head and took my deer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, and I just, uh, we have... I've I've enjoyed watching him. I've enjoyed watching him develop the animals. I've enjoyed watching him mm-hmm. um, shoot. I've enjoyed watching. So tell me tell me about the that that deer that you shot two weeks ago. You said it was a moving experience. It was moving. Um, now number one, knowing that what I've learned being out here, um, being able to say he's an an older deer. Um, I mean, I, I I wouldn't say I would be able to guide somebody because I'm I'm not that certain in that any, but just kn- knowing I have the knowledge, knowing that I've watched, actually that deer for probably two years. Whenever we start talking, and and I was able to really think about when I first saw him, mm-hmm. um, and and I was like, I I was like, Cal, I'm that's that's my deer. And he's like, Are you sure? And I said, Yeah. And I said, You need to look at him. So he one night. Um, as he came up, I was sitting out here and, and my deer was here. And so he was like, yeah, I think you're right. And so then you know, we climbed up in the blind the next morning and waited for him to come in. And I shot him and he went down. And then it was kind of like, oh, man, I did have a. There was an oh, man moment. Huh? Yeah, it and was what an was oh, man w- moment. So what was that oh, man moment like? It was a combina- It was a combination of. Gosh, I'm not gonna see him anymore. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, that's 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 something that I've wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Hadn't found the right time. Hadn't found mm-hmm. the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and everything just kind of came together. A little sadness. So a little bit. A little bit. I. I've, yeah. I Joy. Was. It though, was emotional, as well. but yeah. I mean, it was. You know, again, it's an it's. It's an accomplishment mm-hmm. to some degree. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a whole lot to do with it, but I'd practice my shot. I, you know, it was a good shot. That's, I think that's something, um, you know, that you know, it wasn't talked the about first time you were shooting a rifle. Not the first time I shot a rifle by any sense. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, it was a shot for a purpose and, yeah. um, and it, and it achieved its purpose. Yeah. Okay. So now let me ask you the hard question. Uh-huh. Somebody's listening to this podcast, and they hear you say, was a high fence, we went up in a blind, he came out, he's probably coming to a feeder, that's not fair chase, that's not ethical. What do you say to that? I say, and you know, have had various conversations similar to that during my life of what you know what goes into it um i don't think it's just a matter of you know that you know we pulled up and i shot a deer um like i said i've watched that deer Mm -hmm. um for a while you know i've watched it grow 
Um, you could hopefully. argue. You could argue that you were, you were a part of making it as healthy of a deer as possible. Absolutely. Um, we're we're not put in take. We haven't raised something in a pen. These What's animals, put in take? For those that um, don't know, for what those put that don't know, is. that's a that's an animal that's raised in a pen, and there are some people who take photos of those animals and say, "Would you like to shoot this animal?" And then they turn it out and let somebody shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not I, what you did. That is not what we do. These animals, there's 2,500 acres out here. Um, yeah, they could be anywhere. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that, and they, they might come into the feeder. They may not. That's true. Um, so you don't, you don't always know that they're going to be there. Um, it takes effort um, to go out and look for them and see them and, and, and watch for them. Um, and yes, we've, we've done everything we can to ensure they're as healthy as they can be, um, but we also, you know, encourage other people and and all of our hunters to you know, know what they're doing, know what they're shooting, um, you know, do something with the whole animal. You know, everything that that shot out here is used, um, the meat. Uh, when when we've filled our freezer, we fill other people's freezers. Sure, of course. We donate that meat. Yeah. Um, to hunters for the hungry or or other groups. As I told you, like a South African out of Mississippi. Uh, yeah. You know exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. The a lot of people, this whole high fence scenario is not an anti-hunting argument, because really the anti-hunters they just hate hunting. Doesn't matter the kind of hunting. Right. They just hate it. Um, it's a hunter issue. It's hunters in our community that have. <laughs> there's all sorts of things, right? It's a rifle hunter against a bow hunter. It's a rifle hunter who's a long-range distance hunter versus a guy that says, I, I won't shoot anything past 300 yards. High fence versus low fence. There's these contentious bones within the hunting community that it that I think is driven by... I think number one is driven by jealousy a lot of the times. Because they're like, how dare you on your first year shoot an eight-year-old Texas whitetail that probably scored 180? Yes. Jealousy. Jealousy, yeah. And and I guess I can see that. I mean, and, and you're right. There are so many different levels of contention. Um, and, you know, and I'll turn around and say, you know, we, when we high-fenced half of this property and probably got some of this from Cal. I mean, his intention was to see what he could do to manage, you know, a high fenced place and manage that deer population and have the other fence low fence. Low fence. Right. The other half low fenced and, and, and be able to compare. And so why did he decide screw that, I'm gonna hold high fence the entire tail? You know the reason. But I know right, the reason right. too. Because, what is the reason? Because the people around us didn't manage their deer. Right. You know, there's a three-year-old deer that had a longer life that it should have lived. And it jumps across a fence, and then you hear boom. And mm-hmm. you never see that deer again. Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea of investing in the land, because you're doing habitat management, this idea of putting feed, protein, corn, 
Those two things are very expensive, by the way. Very. Uh, and then you multiply that by allowing a deer to walk on the landscape for seven to nine years, which is an expensive endeavor on the landscape because of the, the, the habitat and the feed. On a 2,500-acre place that honestly, driving around today... You're gonna you're gonna come across a deer that you're like, oh man, I haven't seen I don't, I I can't remember seeing that deer ever or last three years. Right. To then you know shoot it out of a blind with a feeder. That let's be honest, under low fence conditions, people hunt out of blinds and feeders. Absolutely. Too, yet all you've done is you've provided a quote unquote healthier deer herd that had a longevity to it that more more than likely would never have happened outside of the high fence. Absolutely. The deer, I mean, um, I mean, obviously genetics is a part of it and we've added genetics to yeah. But you're not putting genetics in here every two but weeks. We're n- no, we're not. We've, we, we started with genetics. And we've let them grow naturally, and we let them, um, you know, do what they do, yes, with feed. But like you said, I mean, I think that's that's a really logical point is you love fence hunt at a feeder. So, you know, so what's the difference? We have, we the difference, have taken— The difference—I'll tell you the difference. The person's going to say, you don't know where that deer comes from on a low fence. On a high fence, you've constrained its movements. We have constrained that deer's movements within 2,500 acres, yes. Um, but again, you know, we can we can as quickly lose a deer as we've seen it. We can find a deer that we've never seen before. Um, you know, deer die of natural causes, and we can see a deer that's you know, where did this deer come from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 what happened to it? You know. Why did it die? Um, and and work to ensure that, you know, it's nothing that nature shouldn't have, you know, happened. Right. Um, but I'm 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 very comfortable talking to anybody and saying, you know. Yeah. So what it, would you say cha- to it's someone? It's a challenge. What it's would you say to someone? They again, they're they're anti what you just did, and they're a hunter. Gosh, you know, I, I haven't had, that's interesting, because I really haven't, I know that debate rages out there, but I haven't been in that situation um, with a with a hunter, you know. I've had lots of those conversations with non-hunters. Um, so I, I, I think that it's a matter of, you know, this, this isn't a small area. Um, you know, we're, we are letting them live. I mean, you, you want to nurture things. You want to, to grow, I think, as you... There's so there's to me there's so much opportunity. It's not just the whitetail. I mean, we're we're blessed to have other species out here, um, but to learn about them, to see what actually happens um, when they are in in the habitat, when mm-hmm. you can um, watch them grow and see that. Um, you know, so I I'm I'm not sure I have them. It's probably a bad question to ask me. You well, tell me you're putting me on the spot. But <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know that I have the, the best argument other than... Yeah. A lot of people talk... They they go to ethics, okay? Ethics is the wrong 
people use, I've used it in the past, I've been called out about it, using it in the past, people use ethics in the wrong context. Ethics is tied to uh, philosophy and, and, and there's a theology tied to ethics, right? And it's the ethic of like not wanting to cause harm to an animal. When you talk about rifle versus bow, high fence versus low fence, it's not ethics, actually. What it is is preference. Exactly. That's, you, as you were talking about all the different things, it's, it's a matter of preference. You know, do you prefer your pizza with marinara sauce? You know, some people or like Alfredo. white sauce. Yeah, yeah definitely Alfredo. Yeah. Oh, see? Gross. No. The people with marinara, <laughs> gross. <laughs> pizza, it's not pizza, but it has Alfredo sauce on it, Robbie. Come on. But it, that's it. It is, it's a choice. It's a preference. Correct. Um, and, and, and it's a, a matter of availability, too. Mm. You know, so... Yes, I mean, I go back to, I, th I think some people could be jealous, you know. I'm jealous of the people that hop in a plane and go wherever they want to. You're jealous of people with Alfredo sauce on their pizza, aren't you? Uh, probably not, but <laughs> with their noodles, I probably am. Um, but but it's it's a choice. Um, and I think, I, think every, I think both sides of the high fence, low fence issue are ethical. Bo, I think anything you do, Bow hunt, rifle hunt, um, you know, anything that you're going to do, you have to understand it. You have to work at it. Um, and the bottom line is if, if you're going to go out and hunt, you need to hunt with the knowledge of what you're doing, what your tool of choice, bow or gun, is, um, and, and you need to do it knowing the animal that you're hunting. And and if you show up to bow hunt in a t-shirt and jeans and haven't practiced, yeah. it's no different than showing up to rifle hunt and not having your, your gun sighted in. Right. I mean, you, you have to do it, and you have to do it so that the outcome is the best outcome. And, and what is that outcome? Hunt, what is the best outcome? The best outcome is that you're taking... An animal that is at the appropriate age, the appropriate time, and you are doing that with as little impact to the animal, the rest of the animals around it, and the environment as possible. So wounding an animal that's going to run off with a broken leg that you're not going to be able to find, you're not going to be able to use the meat, um, is wrong. You know, I mean, it happens, yes, but doing everything you can to keep that from happening, practicing, knowing your gun, looking at the wind. Um, again, I've said this all the time, I've learned so much. It's probably one of the reasons I hadn't shot anything out here is because I was a little scared mm. um, because it's a pretty high standard. I've got a husband that... Sure. And who's hunted knows, all over the world. He's hunted all over the world and knows his stuff. And you've and never hunted anywhere else in the world? It. I have. I've shot other, I've, I've shot animals in Africa. I just oh, hadn't so just done it out here. Oh, so, okay, okay. See, yeah. you, you you sort of veiled no. how new a hunter you were. That's why I exclaimed you well, when you shot your first animal two weeks ago. I was like, what different. the hell? No, I've, I've shot some other things, but not on not on our property and not here. And it's, hmm. um, you know, I've got a daughter that's an amazing shot as well. And, and you've got a husband and a, and a, and a kid um, who have pretty high standards. Like, gosh, I would hate, I would hate to be the one that, mm -hmm. that misses 
Let me ask this. This you're bringing up a really good point, and I like little tangents like this. <laughs> Why do we have the pressure of what you just described? So, for instance, I was lucky enough two days ago on the same journey. Um, down on a very large ranch in south, uh, West Texas, Texas Keat, um, has a very large scimitar horned aurochs population. And they were looking to cull, uh, take out two culls, not cull, mm-hmm. two, two culls to feed to a local food pantry as well as a wild game banquet to provide dollars for conservation and whatnot. So they said, would you like to hunt them? I said, I'd love to. It was classic Africa, spot and stalk the entire time. But th- there were two guys with me that have hunted all over the world i'm a i'm a new i'm a very novice hunter in mm-hmm. you know i've probably shot 10 animals in my life or 12 animals in my life and not 11 of them are whitetail okay. okay not like these guys who had hunted everywhere around the world and have hunted a lot and so when it came to the the push comes to shove you have doubt and there's a pressure, there's a peer pressure like, um, you know, this is another guy. And, and to me, it's a manly thing because he's, he's there, I'm there. Am I going to be able to, what if, what if I miss? So why the pressure of that? Now why do we put that pressure on ourselves? Well, I think if you're, so you've got me not wanting to use the word ethical now. But I think if you are I know exactly where you wanted to go. If exactly. you're concerned about doing it well and doing it right doing it right um then then you do have that i mean you're not going to go out and you know wave your rifle around and and hope that you hit something so Mm -hmm. you want to do it right and so those of us that aren't as experienced as those other people that were around Mm -hmm. um yeah we you know we probably feel that pressure same thing if you're out on a tennis court and you're playing tennis with somebody who's experienced and you're not. I mean, mm-hmm. You want to do good. You don't. No, I don't. don't I don't agree with that. You don't think it's the same? No, because. And here's what. Here's where the crux. Me. This is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to, um, an anti-hunter using that as an example. They'll say, "Yeah, but tennis is. You're not. You're not taking an animal's life." Hunting, you are taking an animal's life. And so I think the pressure also comes with the fact of if you do screw up. On a tennis court, if you screw up, you just stick it in the net. There's no repercussions from that except your partner maybe yelling at you saying you suck. (laughs) But in hunting, if you suck, hopefully you suck really badly and you miss the animal completely. completely. But if you suck just a little bit, as you said, you wound the animal. Or you take the wrong one. Yeah, you yeah, know, that yeah, maybe. Too but, often, if you, but yeah, if you just wound I'm just it. thinking wounding the animal and the and the thought of wounding that animal, maybe for you, but then also the person you're with who, like it's this ranch, right? You guys have looked after an animal for eight years, nine years, and then someone comes in and just wounds it. Yeah. A friend. Let, not, let's just take right, away the but, fact that it's not someone who's paying five grand for a, for an animal. But just someone who comes in and wounds it, you're like, damn it. Oh, it's 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 a lot. I mean it's it's a matter of, you know, the resources that are then spent to find it because you're gonna do everything you can to find that wounded animal. Yeah. It's knowing that there's a wounded animal out there, um, and the impact that, that you know 
has on wherever it goes and wherever it lands, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, if it finds itself in water, um, you know, you don't want it to be a negative. Yeah. Um, and so you want to do everything to ensure that it's a positive experience, you know, for for the outcome that yeah I don't know I guess that's why I think that there's an added piece of pressure to the whole the you know dynamic well yeah right I mean you hope so I mean there's I would I would yes you would hope so that's that's it you'd hope so what if you're not yeah because imagine you're in the system yeah I guess that's just a different way to think about it if you haven't if you haven't been... If you're not nervous. If you're not nervous. Or you don't feel that there is a pressure. Right. And I do, I think, I think both my husband and my daughter feel some pr- every time they go because you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have some level of concern about doing it and doing it well, then what are you doing there? Sure. Um, sure. You know, I... Well, Amy, I think you've been a phenomenal first-time podcast guest. Thank you. Thank you. You made it easy. No, I appreciate, <laughs> and I appreciate you sharing your your property and your and your family's legacy with us. So it's been good to have you out here, and and really, I think it's it's really as a family, all four of us have talked about, you know, gosh, being here and what does that mean, and you know, what have we really talked about some of that? I think we all have that philosophy, and the philosophy is the same, um, but it's it's brought us together to to think and talk about things awesome it's been good yeah thank you thanks well that's it for today i appreciate you listening as always leave a review share it with your friends and most importantly do what's right to convey the truth around hunting